Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The subject of mindfulness or open awareness of present moment experiences has received increased attention and interest in the academic and corporate arenas. The Singapore Management University has embarked on a mindfulness initiative with a mission to promote research, education and outreach on mindfulness, focusing on its application to organisations and the workplace. SMU also organised an inaugural conference titled The Mindfulness Conversation in 2013, which was very well received. Dr. Johan Repp, who is an Associate Professor of Organisational Behaviour and Human Resource at SMU's Lee Kong Chien School of Business, has been conducting research on mindfulness in organisations and mindful leadership. His work has been published in leading academic journals, such as the Journal of Applied Psychology. Professor, we understand that you have done some interesting research on mindfulness. Could you tell us what exactly is mindfulness? You are actually starting off with the most difficult question. And the reason why I'm saying this is because in the academic literature, there's uh, an ongoing intense debate about the definition of mindfulness. So perhaps rather than uh, telling you about this debate, let me perhaps start off somewhere else in the history. Um, people actually have been looking at mindfulness for a long time as a way to kind of develop their mind and to calm their mind. And where it started is that you can actually make that experiment yourself. If you kind of try to, for example, if you close your eyes and just observe your thoughts for a while, and uh, maybe try to um, not think anything at all for a while, you'll find that it's extremely difficult. And uh, when people realized how little control they have over their thoughts, and their thoughts are going here and there, wandering off into the future and into the past, they started to wonder, can we do anything about this? So this is basically where mindfulness was coming from. It's an uh, effort to kind of get better control over our thinking. In the modern research we call it kind of self-regulation. Uh, self-regulation of our executive functioning, of our thinking. And then as a result also of our emotions. So what people started to do then, develop some exercises to develop mindfulness, what we now call mindfulness. Um, and one very simple exercise is to simply observe your breath as you're breathing in and as you're breathing out. And have an awareness of that. So being aware of what you're doing. And actually that can be considered the essence of mindfulness, being aware of whatever you're doing in the present moment, whatever you're thinking and whatever you're feeling and whatever you're doing. And as people did this, they found this to be quite powerful in their personal experience, helping them to focus more, to live more awarely and, and, and to be more in charge of their thinking and of their emotions. And what we are doing right now with modern research now is kind of trying to look at this scientifically, um, whether we can confirm this and what the effects are. So living with more awareness in the present moment of our own experience and also of the environment, rather than our mind wandering off into the future or into the past, right, such that we don't know um, what is happening to us and what is happening around us and what is happening in us. So let me give you one more example. 
Um, sometimes we have intense emotional experiences, right? Um, one thing that I study is negotiation. For example, in negotiations, people can get quite angry and upset when the counterpart makes an unreasonable uh, demand, for example. What happens oftentimes when we have these e emotions, intense emotions, we, don't, we are not even aware that we're having them, how they're evolving. So mindfulness can, for example, help us to be more aware when emotions start to rise in us. For example, anger in a negotiation. As we start to get angry, when a person is very mindful, uh, they can become aware of that early on, and that also gives them an opportunity to intervene and to say, no, now it's not a good time to become angry. So in that way, the awareness helps us to regulate our thinking and helps us to regulate our emotions and helps us to regulate our behavior such that we notice that anger arising, we can stop it and we cannot uh, kind of uh, fight back in that case towards the, the, the counterpart in the negotiation in that example I just gave. How is mindful leadership and mindfulness relevant to companies and businesses? I think a lot of uh, businessmen would ask themselves, mindfulness, maybe they've heard about it, um, it sounds like meditation or something like that. Um, how might that be relevant in a business? How might that be relevant for leadership? Right? And also, should I invest any money on, in this in terms of, for example, training and development activities? Um, it's a good question and, quite frankly, the research is only beginning um, to look at this question. Um, and some of the findings, though, are quite promising and we have conducted some of this research ourselves. And uh, what we found in different studies is that mindfulness actually was surprisingly um, powerful. And what I mean by that is that it related to a number of different variables. So let me give you some examples. Um, in one study, we examined um, leaders of an organization who engaged in a 10-week mindfulness program. And that program was based specifically for corporations. So it was really tailored for the workplace. So it involved formal mindfulness practices such as breath awareness, but it also involved mindfulness applications to the workplace such as mindful meetings or mindful emailing, mindful communication. And then we measured um, several aspects of the leaders before and after, such as their performance and their satisfaction and their commitment. And we found that through the training, um, the leaders improved, for example, in their performance as rated by the supervisors. Um, and we also found that the more they practice and the more they applied the mindfulness, um, the more benefits they reap from that. So these findings suggest that mindfulness can be actually quite useful in the workplace and can be quite useful for leaders. And now the question, of course, is why is that so? And um, one of the reasons we think it is because leaders are quite, um, in a sense, overloaded on their energy, on their time. And what mindfulness does is it allows you to focus fully on whatever you're doing in the moment. A different pro approach that people have been taking is multitasking. That means switching very quickly between tasks. Now the research suggests that this is actually not working very well because a, a lot of um, energy and attentional resources are wasted just by switching and restarting again and restarting again. So mindfulness um, on the other side is whatever you're doing, you're doing this with your full attention, you're giving it your full attention. 
for example, for a leader, if you're having a conversation with one of your employees, you're being fully there in that conversation, rather than during the conversation thinking about the next task and some other tasks that you already have to do. And that has a variety of benefits, we think. On the one side, it allows you to understand the employee better, what they really need, for example, in terms of the support from the leader. Um, it also leads to the employee thinking very positively about the leader because the employee feels appreciated, recognizing that the leader is giving them the full amount of attention and being fully there. So these are some of the factors why we think that mindfulness can be really important um, for leadership as well. Did your research reveal any interesting observations and findings about the impact of the mindfulness of leaders on their employees? When we started out with this research, we actually um, did not expect exactly what we found. And because what we found is that um, the leader's mindfulness was related to a variety of beneficial outcomes, not only for the leaders, but also for the employees. And so this was a different study that we conducted, a survey study, where we got data both from leaders and from one of their subordinates, one of their employees. So we measured the leader's mindfulness and then we could correlate that to some of the outcomes of the employees. And what we found was quite remarkable. So not only, as I said, was the leader's mindfulness beneficial for the leaders, but also for the employees. And specifically, the leader's mindfulness um, was related to the employee's job satisfaction. That means the more mindful the leaders were, the more satisfied the employees were with their jobs. And we think it's partly because of a better relationship between the leader and the employee and better support that the leader could provide to the employee. So that made employees more satisfied with their jobs. One of the very surprising things we found was that it was even related to the employee's work-life balance. Something that is not directly a variable related to the workplace, but to the interface of work and life. So honestly speaking, I'm not entirely sure why that is, but uh, one guess we have is, again, that a mindful leader will be better understanding of the employee's needs, such that when an employee needs some flexible time, for example, because there's a family emergency or something like that, a leader who is more aware will be more likely to notice such, such things. And one thing to keep in mind is that mindfulness is also related to empathy. So such a leader may also have more empathy for employees and uh, then also be more supportive of employees. And this may allow employees actually to achieve a better balance between work and life. Well, one thing you could think is that, well, work-life balance, maybe that just means this leader makes employees work less hard. And as a result, their performance goes down. But actually, our data also suggests that the leader's mindfulness was actually positively related to employees' performance also. That means the more mindful the leaders were, the higher the employees' performance. Another observation was that the leader's mindfulness not was not only related to the employee's job performance or task performance, but also to their organizational citizenship behaviors. And organizational citizenship behaviors are basically um, behaviors of the employee over and above what they're required to do, such as helping the employee, uh, their colleagues when they have a request. And so we found that the more mindful the leaders were, the more likely employees were to engage in these kind of uh, discretionary behaviors. So they were helping others more. Um, they were going over and above what was formally required of them. 
And that's actually a very important aspect of employee performance. Because if employees only do what they absolutely have to do, organizations would not perform as good as they do. So that's, uh, that's another important finding when it comes to, the, comes to job performance. Now, one more thing I want to mention is that going beyond performance, another important concern nowadays is stress. Employees are very stressed. And of course, that's also related to performance, especially in the long run. When employees are stressed and they get exhausted and burned out, they're more likely to leave the organization, right? Um, they can perform at lower levels. So that's another important aspect. And one thing was what we found was that the leader's mindfulness also was related to employees' emotional exhaustion. So the more mindful the leaders were, the less emotionally exhausted were the employees. Meaning they were less stressed out, they were less likely to get burned out, they were healthier, and therefore they were more likely to remain very productive employees. Professor, do you think there is a difference in approach towards mindfulness in the West versus in Asia? That's a good question. Um, I think there is, but frankly, we currently know very little about it from a research perspective. And we also should not think of it as black and white, right? East and West. However, one thing that uh, the research has found is that Western culture and perhaps American culture in particular is very doing oriented. Yeah? So the idea is that a manager, a leader has to take action has to show that they're doing something, that they're moving some, something. Um, now, mindfulness is more associated with what we call a being orientation. And that is also more deeply rooted in Eastern cultures, partly because of the whole philosophical traditions and so on. Um, now, what does that mean, being culture? Well, does it mean to just be and sit around and do nothing? Well, we don't think so, right? Uh, one way to think about this is that the two can complement each other. Um, if leaders go overboard with doing and totally forget about being, then there may not be a balance. They may be imbalanced. So we think that um, mindfulness can really provide a complement um, to the overly action-oriented approach of leadership that has been developed in the Western cultures. So we do think that this um, concept is very rooted very much in Eastern traditions. Um, it might be feel more, it might more come, it might come more comfortably to uh, Asian leaders just because of their cultural background. They may be more familiar, more comfortable with this. On the other side, for Western leaders, it may be more of an effort to become comfortable with the idea of mindfulness, of noticing things, of just becoming aware. Um, but again, as I said, importantly, the, you have to combine the two. One misunderstanding about mindfulness is that it's about being passive and inactive. And that's not the case. Mindfulness gives you some awareness of, of what is going on. And this awareness and understanding can allow you then to make the right choices and then engage in effective action. So it's not that mindfulness would lead to inaction and inactive and a passive attitude. So overall, I think that mindfulness is important to both Eastern and Western managers and leaders. It may come easier for leaders who are coming from an Eastern tradition and may be culturally more familiar with it. 
but at the same time nowadays we see an, an increasing interest in mindfulness in the US and in Europe as well suggesting that it's not closed to Western leaders either and they start finding it quite uh, useful and a lot of companies including some very famous ones such as Google have been working with mindfulness and found it to be useful. Thank you Professor. Thank you very much.